Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Welcome to the TNF Hotline on the Knapsack Files. Your calls, your voice, your thoughts, and your host, Ken Knapsack. Well, hello there and welcome to the TNF Hotline, episode 12 of this series. Here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed, we like to do these about once a month. So excited to get to your calls, as Maddie D says in the intro all the time. This show is fueled by you all. Your thoughts, your questions, everything going on out there in your brains. We get to have a conversation, essentially. All right, it's like a conversation in parts. I love doing it here. And you can be part of that by going to patreon.com slash files. Tier 3 supporters are higher. Get access to the Google Voice message system. Or this month, first time, what we're doing here is we're adding the Discord server that's attached to the Patreon page. Great community over there. And now uh, you can go and drop some voice files in there that I can pull for this show. And I got some good ones here today. I got three really good ones. Two kind of total coincidence themed. And then we got one that's perfectly timed for what's going on in my life, which is why I love this show. Because what's going on with me is probably going on with you. And let's all work through it together here. It's what I love doing. And this is also the first show, public show, I should say, on the Knapsack Files podcast feed that has been made by Roadcaster Pro. The new uh, integrated podcast production console by Rode. And I will say the fine folks at Rode sent me one to kind of play around with, to learn, to get to know. And I have already fallen in love. I've fallen in lust and love with it. It is uh, so good. But that also means I'll be playing around with some of the settings, things going on. So it might sound loud here, soft here. And I'm learning on the fly. But I want to show you guys what it's capable of. And and eventually this will open up some great things, including phone calls uh, with some guests that I want to interview who are far, far away. Maybe not in a galaxy or maybe in a galaxy far, far away. We don't know. Um, So that's where I'm working on uh, some things in 2019. And thank you also for those who supported me in 2018. And that's whether it's on Patreon, whether you just follow me on Twitter and Instagram or like my Facebook page, whether you go visit my website, uh, knapsackfiles.podomatic.net, whether you've uh, subscribed on Apple Podcasts, listened to me on Stitcher, Google, Spotify, iHeartMedia, but have spread the word and joined the conversation. 2018 was a great year for the Knapsack Files, and I'm looking forward to conquering 2019, and I cannot do that without you which is why I like doing this show, so I can hear your voices. All right, we are ready for the first call. This is so exciting. Thanks to the Roadcaster Pro. I can do this live in the console. I can get it going, and it's going to be played right in my ears, just as it is played in yours. I'm a lazy editor. I don't like editing afterwards. I like getting right to it. So let's do that with our first call. Hey, Ken, this is Matthew Thompson calling from Sackville, New Brunswick, Canada. Frozen frozen Sackville, New Brunswick, Canada. Uh, my question for you this week, have you ever been storm stuck? I've been stuck in my house for three days straight now because of snowstorms, ice storms, 
and various weather-related stuff where you basically have to stay inside and not go anywhere. And I got a little cabin fever. I'm just wondering if that's ever happened to you. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. All right. Matt's calling from the Great White North, right? North of the wall. Truly north of the wall. And I got to say, I haven't experienced that. I haven't experienced it on the level you're describing, Matt. And I haven't experienced on the level a lot of you out there probably have. And, and in a way, I'm jealous, but in a way, I'm not. Uh, look, we've had some storms and, you know, all right, so I'm raised in Southern California, raised by the beach. But, hey, we've had some storms. We've had some war. You know, I've talked before about uh, the pier being torn down by the waves in, like, 82, 83, when I first, uh, my family first moved to Pismo Beach, Royal Grandy, that kind of situation. But, of course, we were never locked in, you know? And, and it rains or rains. You can get out in the rains. Just last week... It was raining four straight days here in, in, in Los Angeles and SoCal. And, you know, four straight days of rain for us, it affects us. I think everyone's mood was starting to be affected. Some friends of mine were getting really grumpy. Saw one of them happen on a show that where a lot of people you might watch. A real bad incident happened. And I actually really do blame that one a lot on the rain. Blame it on the rain. So I haven't experienced, though, what Matthew was talking about. And I can't imagine it, though. I am worried, though. I am worried. Because at the time of this recording, I am all set to head to New York City this weekend for the live movie trivia schmodown event. I, I might be seeing some of you there. And to co-host the Mark Ellis Comedy Show the night before, Friday the 25th. Go to markelliflive.com for tickets. I do believe some are still available. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be great. But we are heading into New York in January. And I am anticipating... Uh, some rough weather. I have a friend out there, uh, previous Knapsack Files guest, Jawan, used to work with me over at Screen Junkies in Defy, and, and he he's out there going, man, it is like six degrees and falling. It's miserable. And I'm I'm looking on the phone app, the weather app on the phone. And now, you know, you get a, you get a good sense a few days out, right? But I don't really trust 10-day forecasts. I, it, it's like a, it's a good hint at what might be coming. But even like that, the the rain here that we experienced in beautiful Burbank last week, it's like you pull out the phone app, be like, oh, it's sunny tomorrow. And you wake up and it's the old joke about meteorologists and how can you predict the weather, blah, blah, blah. I'm not worried about that. But the phone app is telling me the weather app is saying some snows coming in on Sunday. Now, uh, I remember one time I flew out of Tennessee. Uh, I had to go up to uh well, it wasn't uh, Tri-Cities Airport, I think it was, which was just outside Johnson City and the other cities that are, are connected to it. And, um, God, what is that? Oh, there's a King City, something? I don't know, whatever. Tri-Cities Airport. And that was the first time I had to fly away in, like, snow. But I wouldn't call it a snowstorm. Snow was falling. They were de-icing the plane, which I'm always like, is this, uh, are we going to say this technology works? We're putting our faith in this one? Oh, okay. And it was a smaller plane, and I'm like, this is how this is how this bad stories happen, right? So uh, I was fine. I saw on the little uh, app, you know, the little cute snowflake, which is such a thing. You know, you get the clouds, you get uh, you get the clouds, you get the sunshine, you got a little happy sunshine face, maybe a, a water drop for rain, and then you get the cute little snowflake. Little snowflakes are you know, you're a cute individual. We're all unique, but really, that's a symbol for. A winter storm. It could be really bad, right? And so I, I, I didn't think. I was like, "Oh, it's snowing. I, I better double up my socks," said the SoCal guy. All you out there and uh, uh, the other places uh, of the Knapsack Files fandom, uh, whether it's uh, in Canada or Norway or anywhere else where the snow is something fierce, East Coast, you're probably laughing at me now. I'm like, should I just wear 
two or three socks with my Converse in the winter storm. What should I do? What should I do? Um, but I hadn't thought about it. Then uh, we were recording Force Center this week, and my good pal Joseph Scribshaw, co-host of Force Center, co-creator of Force Center, uh, is, of course, from Minnesota. So he knows a little bit about snowstorms. And we're ta- and he put, he goes, well, you could get uh, you're flying out back, you're flying back Sunday, and we're talking about our, our, our Force Center recording schedule. It's like you could get snowed in somehow. You know, you might not be able to take off. You could be stuck there, stuck in the city. Maybe fly out Monday morning. I'm like, oh, no, I hadn't even thought about that. So, Matt, when I got your call, it was so weird because I've never experienced it. And then I'm like, God, do I get, am I going to be one of those people like locked in an airport for five hours, 12 hours overnight? And I have to do one of those YouTube videos where like, I was locked in an airport, airport for seven hours at JFK airport and I danced around all parts of the airport. Here's a video. I mean, that would be great because those videos seem to go viral every time. It happens all like 12 videos have gone viral over, you know, some some young person locked in an airport. I'm going to dance everywhere. I'm, I'm just precocious. Um, so maybe that'll be it. Old white guy dances in airport. 12 million views, or if it, if it was me, about 12 views. Um, but I'm, so I'm, I'm oddly, I hope it doesn't happen because I want to get home. I love going uh, places. I love traveling. I also love getting home. So I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but Matt, y- you got me thinking about it. I just can't imagine, you know, listening to the making of The Empire Strikes Back, whether it's any documentary empire dreams or that kind of lost empire documentary that's out there on YouTube, or even just reading some of the books. One of my favorite stories and Irvin uh, Kirshner, the late Irvin Kirshner's the director tells it about how like there's that one shot of like Luke on Hoth kind of walking in the snow. He's about to collapse. He's trying to get the little scarf over his face. And like, I think it's that scene they shot uh, just outside the hotel where they were shooting because uh, they, they got, snowed in and they couldn't get the crew out. They couldn't get the film crew out and about on location. So they just kind of opened up the uh, front of the hotel doors there, set up a camera and they all sat on the inside, sipping hot chocolate, having some marshmallows and they sent Mark Hamill. out. (laughs) And I'm always been fascinated by that. Like, what would that be to like, you're stuck here. It's almost like a zombie apocalypse. It's happening. You're there. You know, I watched Bird Box the other day, and I I actually, you know, enjoyed it enough. Um, perfect? No, I don't need it to be. But it's like that, or like like the mist, where, like, you're stuck. This is where you're at. You are stuck here. I think that's why we all want to run to a mall. There's a lot of options there, you know. You can go raid the hot dog on a stick, get some clothes. It's all there, right? That's why we all want to run to the mall. But, uh the idea of getting stuck and this is where you're at. You can't, what you have is what you have. It's frightening to me. And you're talking mad about the, the mental toll of that cabin fever. I mean, that's a real thing, right? You can start hacking through the walls with an ax just to get out. And I, I'm someone who loves rain when it rains in SoCal, man, I love it. But the four straight days or I'm thinking back at 2004, was a crazy kind of El Nino year out here where houses were falling off cliffs, all that kind of stuff. I loved it, but there was at one point you're just like, I just want to see the sun again. <laughs> please, please, God, send me the sun. Just a ray of sunshine. So, Matthew, what you're talking about, being stuck inside for three days, I've never experienced it. Don't know if I want to, but I'm oddly intrigued at the possibility. 
We'll see. We'll see if I can survive in a snowpocalypse. I'm good. Here's the one thing I'll say. I am good at just kind of slowly or quietly, I should say, just entertaining myself. Ever since I was a kid. My mom tells a story. She was pregnant with my sister, got real sick. I was like, you know, three years old, whatever. And my mom couldn't move. She, 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 if she sat upright, she would barf. Before cell phones, couldn't get to the phone to call my dad at work. And all she could do was lay on the couch and hope it passed. And here I am on the floor next to her, all like three and a half years old, just playing with matchbox cars, spinning the wheels the whole day. My dad came home. Everything was fine. I think I could do that for at least a day and a half, maybe two. I could stretch it for two. I will say, though, and I don't know if you do this, Matt, or anyone out there listening who who gets snowed in or weathered in in any kind of capacity. I would think by the second afternoon, I'm talking to myself, having full-blown conversations. I think that's where, where my mind would go. I do it already. I play two hours of Red Dead Redemption, and I shut it off, and I'm walking around my house talking to no one but just explaining my actions. Well, I felt I needed to rob that bank. I felt that they deserved it. I wanted to send that money to the people who needed it. I, that's why I did it. It, 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 my, it lowered my morality, but in my heart, it raised what I'm capable of. Like, and, and I'm talking to the walls. So I can only imagine, if like, Ken, you're stuck in here. You're stuck in here. And God forbid if I don't have, like, electricity or power and I can't just, you know, tune out and watch TV or something like that or play a game. You know, if you were like, hey, Ken, you're, st- you're stuck in your apartment for three days because of the snow but you got Red Dead Redemption, and that's the only thing you can do. I'd be like, I'm, I'm great. We're good. See you on the other side. Go make a snowman. But if you're like, oh, here's a candle, and that's about it, eh, then we got a problem. And I'm definitely talking to myself, probably even arguing with myself by late in the second day. So, Matt, I wish you luck in current and all future weathered-in situations, and I'll let you know. We'll see what happens when I head to NYC. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, everybody. DJ Snacks here. Hi, Ken. So I was wondering, when you're getting ready to go on a trip like you are here shortly in New York, are you a checklist guy or a no checklist guy? Do you just throw whatever in the suitcase and roll and hope that you have everything? Or do you go down the list and check it all off one box at a time? Thanks for taking my question. Have a good day. All right, DJ Snacks. You can listen to him talk on his uh, internet radio station, Temporal Radio, staple in our Patreon community. Uh, he also cleans up after all the business meetings we have in the, in the uh, Knapsack Files boardroom, uh, which we do a big broadcast once a month, once a month. kind of like a, a business call from me to you. Like I'm Uncle Bob Iger of Disney, except for uh, my suits are not as expensive. Anyways, DJ Snacks, perfect question. Matt and, and, and DJ Snacks didn't know they were asking these questions together. And I am, yeah, so I'm heading out to New York, right? And come back, flip around, a couple days later, got to go to Arizona with Mark Ellis and Josh McCuga for a comedy show out there. February 1st, Pub Rock Live. Uh, or Pub, Pub Rock Live? Yeah, I think that's it. Pub Rock Live. Just go to markellislive.com for all the information. Tickets still available, particularly for the second show. So if you're in the uh, Arizona area and want to come see us do comedy and hang out and uh, uh, pop a few back, Get on out there, markellislive.com. But packing, packing, it's an interesting thing. I am a notorious overpacker. If I head home 
to my parents' house for a little visit, which I've done off and on for the last 20 years now. It is a quick two and a half, at the most, three-hour drive. One time there was a traffic situation, three and a half, all right? That's at the most. Most of the time, especially when I was living deep in the valley and I was a little closer to getting out of town, uh, getting out of uh, SoCal faster, it would be like two hours and 23 minutes I could time it. It's not a long time. I'm in my car. So because of that, if you give me a car, this is why I fear maybe from Akuga and Ellis at the second leg of our little comedy tour here. Um, if you got a car, because we're driving Arizona, if you give me a car, I feel as though I've got the ability to bring a lot. Even if I'm going for two and a half days, you know, you get there that night and you leave two days later. I historically, and I don't know, I'm sure I have, it's like show of hands, who are my overpackers and who are the, you know, efficient packers. And I'm not saying I'm right. In fact, I, I kind of have grown to learn that I'm wrong. Um, I will, I will just pack for all the options. Not, you know, toiletries, you know, if I'm gone for three days, eight pairs of underwear, you know, uh, maybe, all right, you're right, 10. I should, all right, 11. Socks, pants, options. And yeah, like a lot of people, mentally, I've got like, I got to do this. I got to go to dinner with some friends there. I might be in public. Most of the time I'll be home. I'm going to do some maybe walking or hiking in the morning with the parents. Let me bring the workout gear bag. And there's times, and I've shown up, uh, that I've shown up to uh, my parents' house with like four bags, like a workout bag, clothes bag, tech bag with reading material and then maybe some laundry because it's a chance for me even at my age to do some coin-free laundry right like we're gonna do it all we're packing up and i'm hitting the road it is like i am a a uh, a cowboy heading west i got a wagon full and then if i go to play like las vegas every year i go to las vegas roughly in the springtime for the cauliflower alley club reunion uh, Pro Wrestling Alumni Association, big event. And that can be long. I am in Vegas sometimes from like Sunday afternoon, Sunday night to Thursday morning. That's a long time to be in Vegas. You got to really budget accordingly, you know, not steak dinners every night, hit a Subway sandwich, and then you can gamble a little bit more, right? You got to pace yourself. And there's events to do and all that kind of stuff. And that's the thing. There's events. There's like two separate banquets on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night. Tuesday night, you don't have to be totally fancy. Wednesday, you kind of do. Um, you got two wrestling shows that you can attend to and just kind of hang out. And, and that's Sunday night and Monday night. And then there's events and stuff during the day. And you're seeing a lot of people. And then of course, you know, you're in Vegas and you're in Vegas with your friends. So you're going to head out. So Sunday through Thursday. And then because it's kind of an immediate event, and I want to cover it. I'll bring podcasting gear. And what's nice is the gear in my repertoire has, has, has changed over the years. The first year I went to CAC. So my friend Paul drives out, and first couple of years it's just me and him. Now his wife joins us, and there was another friend, uh, Jay. You guys have uh, heard Jay Whiskey Fist McIntosh here in the Knapsack Files before as well. A uh, wrestling friend of mine, and we've driven out too, the three of us. But again, I'm driving. I got a lot to get to when it comes to Las Vegas, and I might be recording. So my first year, I had this bag. It is, I get one of my favorite th- travel kind of bags is I get what, what they call police war bags. 
So uh, you can go to like a uniform company. Galls is who I go to. Not a sponsor, but I use them religiously, right? Uh, very loyal customer to them. So even going back to my security days, like what you go to Galls and I'd order what they call. They're not, I don't think on Galls are not officially, you can't type in war bag, but there's kind of commonly referred to as little war bags. And they're great. They're the best carrying bags around. You can get different sizes, little kind of, you know, because you're putting, they're expecting, you're putting some some important stuff in there, right? Compartments, secret compartments, all, and they're sturdy. You could throw them at people. Uh, don't throw them at people. And so when I started, uh, I, I carry them around for my book bags, but then I started getting into the podcasting in 2013. I was like, well, I got to be able to travel with this gear, four mics, four mic stands, uh, mix, excuse me, a mixer, all those kind of things. Um I'm going to get a war bag. And so I got like the biggest war bag possible because, you know, it also serves as a storage facility at home. My first year to Vegas for the CAC, not my first year to Vegas overall, but for the CAC, the Cauliflower Alley event, because I knew I was going to be setting up in my hotel room podcasting gear. I had this giant bag. It took up like the whole back of Paul's car. And Paul's, he packs a lot too, but he's also a police officer. So, yeah, oh, a nice war bag. He's got his own too, but he but he was like, man, what if we can't fit everything in this? We had to like squish it all in, and then so that's just my podcasting gear. Then I had a garment bag for the suit. Then I had my other tech, just my laptop and other things, an overflow for the podcasting gear. Then my my clothes, and then you don't know what's going to go on in Vegas. So that was like the peak of it. My old my old friend and roommate Lou used to always make fun fun of me. He'd see me because he's a very efficient light packer. He'll go to like Europe with a backpack, you know. And not that he's like backpacking through Europe. He'll just, he's, I'm in Europe for two weeks. Ah, you're right. I might need a duffel bag, not a backpack. He always used to make fun of me. But if I have the luxury, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. If I'm driving somewhere, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring as much as possible. However, I got these trips coming up. What really started to change it, and I'm, I'm almost Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on this now. I haven't fully changed. I started having to travel to conventions when I was working for screen junkies. Like I got the job, started the job. And like the second day they were like, oh, by the way, in three weeks, you're going to Chicago for Wizard World. Oh, okay. Not a, at that time, I, I wasn't, a, I, I had flown, but I wasn't a great flyer. Uh, you know, got, got over that um, and got over how to get through. Like I'm actually pretty proud at how good I'm, I am at navigating airports, particularly LAX, um, JFK, even uh, O'Hare. Like in, and out, like I, I, I'm pretty good with it. New Orleans airport was good too. Um, like I'm okay with it. Like I, I feel it's like a weird accomplishment. Are you good with airports? Yes, I am. Can you give me the job. Um, but even then, you you kind of learned. Uh, you have to learn early on. You know, you're on the go. You're in a at a convention. You got a crowded plane and you're trying to keep costs down. You're trying to keep your own costs down. So you don't want to check bags and that can be expensive. And a lot of times, you know, you're being, it's not always that you're going out on some nice airline. Sometimes you're that one airline that's like yellow planes and they just buy used planes, gut them and put like park benches in there and a seatbelt and then they charge you for every, oh, you want to drink of water? $20. You want access to the bathroom? $30. Oh, you bring in a bag that you want us to check? $150. So we just had to like, you have to, and you're on the go. So here I am, this overpacker, and I was actually terrified. How do I do this? So I just, I had a backpack and I had downgraded 
a lot of my podcast gear and you, you start getting smaller devices and all that kind of stuff. So I could carry it all in, in a backpack. So I emptied out that backpack and I packed for Chicago with just that backpack. Three days, technically Rosemont. You know, we're not downtown Chicago there. The convention floor, I had a suit jacket I wore on the plane and you just, you hat, you bring minimal stuff. And then, and then the thing, and a lot of you out there listening, especially if you're efficient packers, I don't know what you are, Snacks. Sounds like you're efficient. Um, you know that, you know, you don't have to bring every toiletry, especially when, you know, most hair creams might be considered, you know, uh, explosive devices now. As cool, I'm fine. Let's not have those on the plane. So land, go to the hotel little shop. They got something there. All you need might be there. Bring your personal essentials. But then when you get there, just spend a couple bucks on something that's going to get you through the weekend. Toss it. You're done. Or give it to someone else. You know, uh, if you got some leftover stuff, leftover toothpaste, here you go. Here you go, random stranger. Toothpaste is yours. I think that's a trick, too. And so I started to learn. I started to adjust. Then we had to go to New York. Three days in New York. I had just a backpack. I went a little bigger, I think, a little bigger. Started carrying two bags by the time we got to Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. Because they got to bring a lot of Star Wars shirts. And I think that's good because to me, one of the keys, unless you have to, and some of you have to, if you're a cosplayer, um, I understand, I'm completely aware that if uh, if you are a, a female listener and you got to care, maybe you got to carry more outfits, you, you, you it's, it's a little easier for us. I apologize. I am sorry from the bottom of my heart. Totally get it. So this isn't like, isn't judgment. If you got to, if you got to check a bag or you got to bring a bigger suitcase than I do, get it. 100% get it. This is my, my personal story though. I have learned to break it down, break it down, be efficient and really kind of survive what you got. And know that Lord willing, if you got, got some cash or at least a good credit card and a credit line that's open, a lot of things that you need, you can get in town. One of the best times I had in New York, my first trip in October, 2015 for uh, New York Comic Con, yeah, I walked around the city with Dan Merle and all these cool things. But my favorite, we had to get some supplies we didn't bring with us. And so on my own, I had to go search. Thank God I had that phone. But I go search Midtown Manhattan for the stores I needed by myself, roaming the city. Yeah, so romantic. Me in the city looking for markers. And I, I actually learned how to kind of get around New York, not counting the subways, but kind of get around and move and shake and, and, and feel like I belong there by going around looking for supplies that we had forgot to pack. And that's the other thing, too, is lowering that anxiety. And going back to, like, being trapped in the snow, like, you know, I, I have sometimes have that fear of control. That's why I do like to drive a lot of places. A lot of people take the train down to San Diego Comic-Con or fly on vacations. Yeah, some, obviously, you know, you can't drive cross-country all the time. I get that. But if I can drive, I can get there in a reasonable amount of time, even Vegas. I do not like flying to Vegas. I like driving to Vegas. For me, it's only four, maybe at most five hours, sometimes, depending if you're, uh, say, riding with your friend who's a uh, police officer who's not afraid of being pulled over. I've been to Vegas in three hours and 20 minutes from Los Angeles. So I like the ability to drive because I like that control. I have a weird thing, you know, Matt, talking about weather and the weather you can't really control. I have a weird thing about emergencies, man. I like having my car. I like knowing I can get away. I San Diego Comic-Con's crowded. It's so many people, 170,000 people squished into one area, one beautiful little downtown that's overrun. Getting the tra- taking the train down is 
convenient if you can get there in the right, uh, you know, less crowded cattle car like train ride down. But a something, Lord willing, God willing, something bad happens there. Aliens land. Aliens just or la- aliens just come out of the ocean right there next to the convention center. Come out of the water there, the bay. I want to know why I can get in my Camry and get the hell out of Dodge. So a lot of that is giving up that control when you're flying and you got three days ahead of you just knowing that, hey, worst case scenario, I need a new pair of underpants. There's got to be somewhere in town I can grab those underpants, hopefully by purchasing them. So DJ Snacks, perfectly timed question because, again, I'm flying at time of this recording. I'm flying out like Thursday night. Haven't even thought of packing. A couple hours before, I pull out the backpacks. I like as I'm recording right now. I have a rough plan, only because I was in a Target the other day buying some long underpants. Actually, it turns out they were there. They were more so SoCal. I couldn't find like traditional long underpants like a prospector would wear. I had to go get like some athletic, you know, super uh, liquid resistant, sweat resistant, uh, you know, sexy long sport underpants. I don't know what it was, but it's supposed to keep me warm. The box said warmest. That's all I know. But I was there and I saw they had like a little travel aisle. It's like, I don't know. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I've got two trips back, but maybe I want a new suitcase. I can't afford it, but maybe I want a new suitcase. I went down the aisle and I saw, I saw, it's like, it's like me in an office supply store. I just, I don't need office supplies, but I'll go to one and be like, oh, I need everything in here to organize my life. I must buy all these. Oh, I need these markers. You know how many, you know how many dry erase markers I have? I just, I just buy them. Be in the grocery store. Oh, I need some new dry erase markers. I don't, but I'm going to get them. So uh, I just saw some cool things. I'm like, oh, that might work for my trip. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this in one backpack. Maybe two. Maybe two if I want to bring a second pair of jeans. So if you see me out there in New York, just know I'm probably wearing the same pair of underpants as I had the night before. I'm kidding. I always pack multiple pairs. All right couple fun questions, a couple theme questions about weather and traveling and all that kind of stuff. But I've got a great call here from Kai. He's a regular, good friend of the show, and I like what his question is about. Hello there, Ken, and hello, Knapsack Files listeners. This is Kai. So my question today is about taking the next step, and especially taking the next step when you don't have any direction. So, for example, right now I just finished a big project that I've been working on for the last couple of months, and I don't know what to do next. And this could apply, I guess, to anybody who's in a situation like maybe they're in school and they don't know what to do next, or they're in a job that's grown stale and they're looking for some direction. So, Ken, what do you do? Do you have a process that you go through to try to figure these things out, or do you kind of just sit and wait for the universe to throw something into your lap? Thank you, and have a good day. All right, Kai, I love that. I love that. I love that because it's perfectly timed to my own life, which means it's it's time to Kai's life, and, it, and it's probably time to someone out there. And I don't have the answer, and that's the first thing I always love to say. I don't have this answer. You only can uh, approach each situation with a little bit of experience, a little bit of knowledge, and just a lot of hope, right? So, yes, what Kai is talking about, he's talking about something planning ahead, looking ahead, but also with maybe something big and done project in the rearview mirror and you put all your energy into that, some big thing in life, and then you're looking ahead. 
Now, first of all, there's always a, a problem with, uh, you know, it's like Yoda said to Luke, you know, mind on, never your mind on where you are, what you're doing. But that's human nature. And I think it's important. I was talking with a friend of mine this weekend about that, about we live in this perpetual state of, you know, not really, uh, things aren't good as they could be now, but we always are looking towards what's better. And we kind of have to be in that state. Because otherwise you just grow stagnant, right? You, you you don't if you're not looking ahead and seeing what you can do, you might just stay where you are. But also, it's important to concentrate on where you are. So let's just say for my own life, I have put a lot of effort, a lot of work into a project. Some of you know uh, I've mentioned it some places, and particularly on Patreon, but I, I haven't announced it publicly. But I've been writing a uh, writing a thing. We're working on it really hard for five months and it is for the most part done and in, in, in my rearview mirror and I've got to figure out what's coming next 2018 was a big transition year for me big trans- transition year for, for my career and now I am looking ahead and I, I'm trying to formulate a plan and I am not it's funny snacks talking about packing and am I a checklist person or I'm not I, I'm not a checklist person in, in life in a lot of ways I feel a lot of things out and, I, and I've really trusted my gut over the years and I just know What's right, even when, you know, I've made, like, when I left the mall, my day job, and took that big leap, I I told some friends, you know, I think the Screen Junkies thing might go, I don't know, give me two years, that's all I want with it. It went about a year and five months. Collider thing, it was a risk, it was a risk, I don't know, not necessarily on steady ground, we'll see if I can get a year, two years, it went about a year and a half. So even those gut feelings uh, don't necessarily take you to the promised land, they just take you to the next thing, and I still... I still believe in that. I still follow that. Yeah, I got a spiritual side to me. Some of you might not. Some of you might not want that. Some of you are very logical and want to make those checklists. And I don't think that's a bad way. That's why I don't say it's right. You just got to do what's right for you. And Kai, while you're searching for what's next, really take a moment to calm down, hear yourself, and hear what you want to do. And, and I think there's something, there's delicate balance in what, if what you want is realistic, uh, where what's, what do you really need to do behind those kind of things and, and doing what's right. I've learned a lot about doing what's right for me and doing more things on my own or with the people I really want to work with. And I value independence in my creative career. It might not be something that's long-term. This just might be this current chapter. Uh, That's uh, as a, as a freelance content creator, a lot of you out there are yourselves and it's really hard. I'm in a hard spot, but I'm trying to focus on what's next. And it's daunting, and it is overwhelming. It is, it is overwhelming. But we talked about last week, if you listened on the Three Things episode, when we talked about what Albert Brooks had told Conan O'Brien, when Conan was nervous and flustered in front of him because you're Albert Brooks and you make films and you have a legacy and I make stupid late-night shows and they're temporary, and Albert Brooks says, hey, none of it matters. That's kind of where I am at. That's why that came to me last week in an important part of my life. And I love you bringing this up, Kai, because I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm at a point in my life where I have to figure out what is next. I don't quite know, and that's scary and that's daunting. But what I do know is that any risk I take, as long as I'm above ground, it doesn't matter. And there's so much freedom in that. And I don't want to remix completely what we talked about last week, but it's still in my heart and it's still pretty valuable. So right now, there's some things for me in my career that I'm looking at creative, creatively that I want to do or some things that maybe even creatively that uh, you know I don't want to do or things that aren't creative at all that I might have to do because we do have to 
have this thing called money and pay those things called bills. Those are the realities. Uh, but I, I think to the bigger point, Kai, I just don't know. And there's a certain kind of freedom in just not knowing. It means I'm going to figure it out. And I do believe things do come along. But you have to be able to take those chances and risks. You'll know. You'll know, Kai. And anyone out there listening, you'll know. And be careful about focusing on just the next thing. I got to get in a relationship. We got to get engaged. We got to get married. We got to have a kid. We got to have a house. We got to have a yard. We got to have a dog. We got to have this. We got to have that. Oh, none of those things are bad. None of those things should just happen. You should plan for those things. But you notice there's always that thing, the next, the next, the next. And here I am. I, I worked really hard on this, this project the last few months. It's all I focused on. Tried to focus as best I could on the abstract files and force center and give my attention where it needed to be professionally because I have obligations. But this was the thing. This is the thing. Well, now that thing is, is, is mostly finished, and now it's just a matter of the public taking it in, and it's like, but already I need to find the next thing beyond that, and that can be a dangerous drug, a dangerous drug, just going pillar to post, pillar to post, what is next, what is next. So that said, though, I think you'll know, Kai. You'll, you'll feel when the next thing I remember wanting so much to leave my day job. So much. Ended up being in it for 17 years. And I just wanted to get out of the situation I was in and make more money for myself, all these kind of things. And I got offered the chance to go to New Orleans post-Katrina to take over the management of the security department of like several malls out there to rebuild what was going on. And, uh, you know, that's not my career goal. Certainly it wasn't then. I was more focused on writing uh, like screenplays and, and doing stand-up comedy. But it was like, here's an opportunity to maybe go get ahead a little bit. And, and the offer was a, a a uh, member of my company who's known me for a long time, really respected me, and he wasn't trying to, he wasn't a snake oil salesman, but he was trying to lay it on, like, hey, you know, this is a good opportunity. Even creatively, you can go do some stuff out there. You can be a, a stand-up comic out there. You'd be a bigger fish in a smaller pond trying to sell me on that kind of thing. And it was good. It was really good. It's a really good opportunity, and I didn't have a choice. Later on, I've told you all here on the NASA Crawls, I had a choice. When I left my day job finally after 17 years to go work for Screen Junkies, I had a choice. I had a big promotion put in front of me on the day I announced I was resigning, and I had an actual choice to make. Do or you don't, A or B, column A, column B, door right, door left. And that can be tough. That's a different conversation. But when it comes to like coming, figuring out what's next, here I was. This is like 2005, so post-Katrina, maybe 2006. Things are still chaotic out there, and but here was a way out. Here's what I wanted. And again, I'm a spiritual man, so it's like, all right, is God sending me a life raft? And he can send you all the life rests that you want, but you, you know, you're the one who has to decide to get on that life raft and get on out. So I was like, is this, is this, is this, is this? I could get out of here. Yeah, I'd leave. I'd leave my friends, but I got, you know, I was in no relationship at the time. I can fly to see my family. Uh, I can always come back, which is a thing again. And nothing, hey, if nothing really matters, you can take that risk. It's another big thing. But I was sitting there, sitting there. I thought about it for days and days and days. And at the end of the day, if you ask me why I didn't do it, because I did not do it, I just 
had that feeling. Where that feeling comes from, where that signal is sent, I don't know. You tell me. I know what I believe. I don't know what you believe. It doesn't matter to me. It all focuses, it all comes down to this little fine laser beam that shoots straight to your gut. I just didn't feel it. So I said no. And I disappointed people. People were frustrated with me. But you've always told us, we know you. We know you personally. We always, we know you work for us, Ken, but you're always telling us you want to do other things and maybe you want to change your life up. You've already been doing it at this point. I've been doing it six, seven years. So they knew me enough to know, hey, you want out. But I had to stand my ground because I just didn't feel it. And all the pros and cons lists that you can make, which are all valuable, all the conversations I had with friends in and out of the business, family, didn't matter. And, and if family has their own agenda. Yes, we, you know, we, don't, we, we, we want you to do well, but hey, you're going to New Orleans. All these things. It all came down to a feeling. A feeling I can't fully explain, that I can't put in words, that I can't write down. So I said no. Later on, by the way, I talked to someone who's like, oh, were you offered that spot? Oh, God. Oh, you're so glad. You should be so glad you didn't do it. The guy who took the job had to sleep in his office for six months. There's no place for him to live out there. It was a mess. Some problems. Hey, now things are a little bit better. Now things are settled. I just remember thinking, ah, that feeling was right. So, Kai, as you search for the next thing, Consider any and all options. Consider what you want to do. I'm considering what I really want to do. What do I want to put my name behind? What could I be happy with that's not only entertainment or podcasting? Because I don't want to be narrow-focused as well at this point in my life. That's a a whole other subject about expanding your horizons. But I've got a list of things I'm looking at. You should have a list of things you're looking at. But at the end of the day, I really believe... And that mystical, magical moment of getting the right feeling. So I hope, Kai, you can get that feeling. And you out there, if you need that feeling, let us know. Maybe pop into the Discord server if you're there. Here's some options. We'll help you find the feeling. But at the end of the day, it comes down to you. All right. We've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about the importance of packing. We've talked about the importance of not going crazy with cabin fever. Matt Thompson, I hope you're okay. Hope you can survive. And I hope at least you're having entertaining conversations with yourself. And special thanks to Kai with that real thought-provoking question. It got me thinking as well. And that, that, that is all today on the TNF Hotline. I, as always, I, I want to thank you all who contributed. Uh, this is through the Discord server on Patreon. As always, I got to thank my high-tier patrons. Uh, I love saying these names because these are the people that really get in the trenches with me and actually help me make some decisions. Like this Discord server thing was something that was talked about in the what we call the boardroom, the TNF boardroom on Discord. And uh, that's people like Jason Humphreys over there in the UK, Pags, Kai Thatch, as we heard from him today, Kyle Gerben, Zach Anderson, Jonas Berggren, Corey Morissette, another Canadian up there probably getting snowed in, Graham Bell, Kyle Harlow designed some great t-shirts for me on tpublic.com slash user slash knapsack. My good buddy Ty Schellenberger, my good, well, my good, my good cousin. Well, I, mean, I have a lot of good cousins. My cousin Michelle, she's a supporter of me. Follow her at Vegas 3D Kids. She's making these knapsack files keychains. Some of them are already out to some high-tier supporters. Uh, Andrew Hale as well. My executive producers are David Ham. that's DJ Snap. 
snacks heard from today. Sir Thomas Tatal, Thomas Risling, who's going to be helping me with uh, Casterly Talk, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon Bedore, Matthew Maroney, Matt Thompson, who called in today, Taymor and his brother Abdul, Nikki Baldwin, and Donald Long. Uh, I really appreciate Donald sent me some uh, gifts recently. You can go to knapsackfiles.podomatic.net to get an address if you want to send me something there. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, but some of you do, and I appreciate it. And as part of the community we're building here, like I said, you can go to patreon.com slash knapsackfiles to support. But if you also want to support by listening, follow me on Twitter, telling people about the show, believe you me, that is really important. So that is it for today. The TNF hotline. Thank you to Rode for the Rodecaster Pro for making this show hopefully sound pretty darn good. We'll see you next time here on the TNF hotline.